Well, episode three. We got a. We got us returning, of course, because we're the hosts. Ignacio. Hey, we got some visuals. Oh my god. Owen, thanks for coming back. I'm glad to be back. This is uh, Marcelino. It's my first time. Our mutual friend, Marcy Moo. (laughs) Passionately (laughs) called. So, uh, philosophy. That's why I wanted both of you, instead of just one of you. I was personally like, man, Owen would be good for this. I was like, hey, Marcy would be good for this. Which one do I want? Man, I'm indecisive, so I'll have both. Um, so, uh, let's just, let's delve right into it. I have a story, a bunch of guys I'd be sharing. Okay. Historical. Of course, this is what I did my final on, uh, that I turned in today. And I was like, man, this would be so good for the podcast that I'm doing. Tonight. Nez Perce Native Americans. Go back to 1855. U.S. government set up a treaty with them that said, hey, your homelands in the Northwest covers uh, Washington, Oregon, Idaho. I think I sent you the picture. There it is. That the the blue circle is their original like 1855 treaty, and <clears throat> it was like, hey, you know, you're designated here. Um, kindly stay there because okay. reservations. <laughs> this was the reservation era of history, so um, they're chilling, and then. In 1860, on the border of their of that blue circle, um, gold is discovered. Now you know the <laughs> federal government can't have Uh-oh. that one slide. So the it's government government instead of like, hey, these are protected lands. No, they drafted up a new treaty in 1863 that said, hey, we're gonna shrink your area down 90 percent. That's the green circle. Um, that's your new home, and. So, of course, the Nez Perce were like, the fuck? And basically, I think it was 1867, General Howard had to go to them and be like, you have 30 days to relocate back to that green circle, because they were living outside of that new 1863 treaty area. Because it's like, you shrunk their lands by 90%. That's what's going to happen. So, uh, as he was going to tell them about this, um, some goofballs in the tribe, younger warriors, uh, were raiding and attacking homesteads on the, the Salmon River. And, um, of course, that kind of stuff gets reported. So, it gets reported. This captain gathers 106 cavalrymen to go arrest the perpetrators. And, of course, that means going into their, their new territory, the one that already shrank, and all these guys are, are moving through their lands. The Nez Perce notice, and they set up an ambush and attack them, because it's like, you're coming into our lands. Uh, they attack them. 34 of the cavalrymen, of the 106, die. An additional four injured. None of the Nez Perce die. God Only damn. three are injured. Mm-hmm. Like, those cavalrymen just basically hardcore lost that battle. Well, the chiefs of the Nez Perce were like, oh my god. We're fucked because that's gonna go. They're gonna go call people back. It's only gonna escalate. So they're like, "All right, pack your shit. We're leaving. We're out." And they're deciding that they're gonna go to the Canadian border. Uh, go ahead and go to the next one. That's the path they take. This is four months of retreating. They're actively being chased by the general and his men through that path. Uh, series of battles and, and skirmishes take place. Uh, Nez Perce leaves with 800 initially. So at Bears Pass Battleground, that's where um, last battle takes place. It's 40 miles south of the Canadian border. Um, I think two to 300 of them made it past the border and stayed there. Uh, about 100, 130 died along the way. And then 400 of them surrendered and became prisoners of war. They made the the trek from northern Montana all the way to Leavenworth, Kansas, and were um, POWs here for about a year. The air base that we have right now is, is where they camped. So they're like right on that river. And they were they were there for a year. Then got relocated to Oklahoma for seven years. Of course, that's uh, depressing. And then they relocate 
back to Washington about, I want to say maybe uh, 100 miles, maybe 50 to 100 miles northwest of the original spot. So basically started back at square one. And like uh, the chief, I think, went into exile or something. He gave like a famous speech that said, I will fight no more forever. And yeah, they, they just lost a bunch of people with no reason. A lot of shame, a lot of uh, unnecessary shit for, I think it was almost 10 years. So wanted to segue into nihilism and ask your thoughts. Uh, what, what should they have done if in the end nothing really mattered? Throughout that whole story, I'm surprised that they... I mean, not to... Obviously, they're very intelligent people, you know? That's just the nature of who they were. But I'm surprised they didn't try and escape their captors the entire time they were trekking from Montana to Kansas or the way back up to Washington or anything like that. I'm surprised they didn't try to make an escape attempt of any kind. Well, through the, like... That was like a thousand, maybe eleven hundred mile total trek. Mm-hmm. I think along the way, there were like some pockets of people who joined them, some pockets of people who were like, "What are we doing?" and left. Um, not in any considerable numbers, but I think it's like, okay, enough people have died because the the chief who gave the speech saying, "I'll I'll fight no more forever," said, "My my children are are starving and like freezing <clears throat> to death." Um, there are people who went to the mountains, don't know if they're alive. They probably froze to death. I think I think their best bet might have been staying with them instead of like, oh, let's run off again and freeze to death again. <laughs> so that that's what I think maybe happened. Maybe their line of thinking. I think they should have just stayed there even after the ambush that they did. And if I was one of the chiefs, I would round up everybody, you know, who started the ambush, who planned it out, and was like, okay, hey, U.S., here <laughs> you go. Here you go. I, I, I didn't do it. I, I didn't plan anything. They did that. Here you go. Well, the ambush, the the guys raiding the, the homes on the river, the, I mean, that's, that's, like a, that's like a handful. Yeah. The ambush, though, that was like 50-something guys. That was like kind of hard to be like, all right, here, that was yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, fair enough. I, yeah, those those chiefs, they were just like, I, I man, mean, fuck. <laughs> they were screwed either way, honestly. Yeah, they kind of were. All because of some young hoodlums messing with the rivers. <laughs> they did a little bit of trolling. They trolled a little too hard. See, even in history, you have you have people goofing off. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, real real goofy pranks and folk. I I had talked about that briefly. Because this was an idea that my professor had suggested to me. And I talked about it with him in class. I was like, that was a good topic. It was pretty interesting. And someone said, like, oh, well, like, it didn't even matter, like, anyway. I just, man, y'all know I don't like nihilism. Because it's ju- it's dumb. Optimistic nihilism, fine. For, for reference to all of our viewers or listeners, nihilism is the belief that nothing matters. Nothing that, matters. That's literally it. Nothing matters. Mm-hmm. Nothing matters. I almost sent you that uh, clip of Smiling Friends. If anyone's watched, where the guy is like, Yeah, nothing matters. Blah, blah, blah. Everyone's sad because nothing matters. So don't even try. And then, like, he's about to get shot. He's like, No, 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 no. Please don't kill me. He literally pisses his pants. Oh, so funny. It's so true. Every nihilist, when confronted with death, will be like, No. I, I actually want to live. If, if there's any pure nihilist, guess what? They're dead. They're dead because they actually believed in nihilism. I mean, yeah. And probably committed the self-die. <laughs> yeah. You can't say you can't say the S word. We'll get banned on stuff. Sushi? Yeah. Sushimi? Shit. I don't know. Slap. Anything but slip and slide. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, nihilism is just, it's such a, in its base form, like, in in like in line with human nature, human nature and nihilism just don't go together. Even, even just life. Life tries to survive wherever it can. 
you know, it's, it's you know... The will to life. Right, because, you know, when you're in a life-or-death situation, the body reacts accordingly. You know, adrenaline... Oh, yeah. That people have done insane things. You, in you life mean the natural uh, instinct of self-preservation? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, self-preservation so, and continuance of the self and reproducing in any sort of way, shape, or form. Uh, originally, Schopenhauer called that the will to life. Uh, Nietzsche came along and was like, well, there's other ways of continuing. That's through either fame or any sources of power to continue. So, I mean, yeah, I don't know who those people are. But oh, my bad. I, I believe my bad. you. Ger- two German philosophers. Yeah, you were telling me about how their German philosophers were carrying the, oh, the yeah. industry. Oh yeah. You call it. Oh yeah. Uh, France had a, like a few people, but yeah. man, fuck France. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Hey, this Friedrich Nietzsche. Look at him. Look at that. Look at that stash. I, I know he, he had a no nice talking about that. He had a Roosevelt sash. He know? does have he got, one of, he got one of them. Got one of them big stick, like carry a big stick. <laughs> yeah. You know, Schopenhauer just was going bald. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and you can relate. <laughs> <laughs> He's going bald on New Year's, by the way. Hey, you better He's go through it. Dude, you better hey, go through it. My hair. Look at my hair looking bald. He's Either 20, that 20 years old and. I'm 20 years old and my hair is thinning and I'm balding. Yeah. Hey, you could be 19 and balding. Look, it's me. It's you. It's you. Wow. Oh, that's that's like actually. Yeah, I know. You put just a side by side of just Owen. Can we get a picture of you real quick? I'm going to smack on it. We don't want to embarrass him too much. Anyway. People who know. Back to discussion. Back to discussion. Where were we? Sorry. I have no self-preservation. We're talking about self-preservation. Oh, yeah, self-preservation, just life in general and its will to self-preservation. It doesn't. It doesn't sync with nihilism. It just feasibly on the same scale. It can't. It's a, it, it contradicts each other, like instantly. There's no. There's no way around it. Yeah, my thing with nihilist is okay. If nothing matters, commit self die, right yeah. on the spot. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Oh, you have any hang-ups about it? You're not a nihilist, then. Sorry. You're not as edgy as you think. You're not as edgy or as cool as you think. And you probably just didn't have any friends in middle school or high school. So you decided to cope with it (laughs) by being like, well, it's it's not that I'm the problem. Nothing matters. So, yeah. No. Shut up. You're not a nihilist. (laughs) My God. They trigger me. Again, optimistic nihilism where it's like, nothing matters. Find your own meaning or make your own meaning. All right. I mean, not necessarily my belief, but also you're doing something. I think my view of optimistic nihilism is the nihilism portion of it is life will start and end one way. You'll, You'll breathe and you'll die. But the optimistic part of it is, okay, now find some meaning in between those two points. Oh, most definitely. You only have a limited time on this planet. Or of existing as you, and you could argue that you as a self doesn't truly exist, but it's a whole other argument. But uh, you might as well enjoy the time that you have. On it's only what like at most like a hundred something years that you're gonna live. Might as well make the best of it. I mean, come on, don't give in to nihilism. Don't give in to the nothingness. I mean, nothing has no meaning, but you get to create your own meaning because it has no meaning. People who say, well, you only live once, they got it backwards. You only die once. Not true. Just, true. You should, you should strive. No, no, I, no, no, you die like three different times. Shut up. You only, di- you only actually die once. Yeah. You should strive to live every day. Because if you, if you go through, just a lot of people, people like midlife crisis, they'll just fall into this trap of, Every day's the same. I can't. What am I doing? I need to buy a motorcycle. <laughs> I, I'm going to buy a boat. I'm going to live on a boat. Yeah. All right, man. Yeah, nice. Cool. How about you? What are you going to do with that, though? How about you fix what's in your life? How about you make, how about you make strides to better your life in the future than to just make a drastic choice and redirect your path immediately? You know? Because like what you were saying... If you're, oh, if you're really a nihilist, die. 
just, yeah. just die. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sure. that's the best counter argument to <laughs> nihilists. Yeah. It's like, okay, why are you not dying right now? Well, I, I mean, what, the, what they could argue is like, why should I die? I mean, sure, nothing has any meaning, but neither does death. Oh, okay. So, I mean, okay. So why can't I kill you? If they were a true nihilist, like, they, they would go, okay, then kill me, I don't care. Which, I mean, they're, they'd be they're just losers. They'd yeah, they'd be plumbing. The argument to that is, okay, well, if dying doesn't matter, and living doesn't matter, then isn't then why would you, why would you go through a life of nothing and just be this husk, this shell of a creature, because and not, not just... No, Kilo. Why not just? Why not? Why oh, not? There, there, there's no Dude. meaning to either option. So why not? People like this. Oh my yeah, god! Exactly. <laughs> exactly. 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 Okay. Okay. Marcy. Marcy. Yeah. Stoicism. Stoicism. I, I wanted to know about that. Uh, honestly, that has kind of had not a revival, I'd say, full on, but it's gained popularity in memes and. Now, now, would you be willing to explain that to people who don't understand? Yeah, yeah. So, classical Stoicism is, one, just being stoic, not letting outside or internal forces really affect you. And, honestly, just you being you. So, like, so classical Stoicism, like, would say, oh, yeah, if your house burnt down and all your all your children died in the fire and so did your wife. Don't be sad about that. <laughs> I know, I know. Don't, don't be sad about that. That's Just funny. don't let that affect you. Just kick, Yeah, be on Keep your head up, King. Keep it. <laughs> your wife was cheating on you. Yeah, yeah literally. No, no. Uh, funny thing is, is one of the most famous stoic philosophers, his wife cheated on him. For, for some reason, dog, he was like, you know what? Cheat again. Go ahead. And then he murdered the guy who's, <laughs> who's Yo, cheating on her. And, my ass. and then, and yeah, and he did. He did like, I, I don't think that was him following it. But his line of thought with it was weird. But then he had his wife bathe in the bath. Uh, bathe, I heard about that part. Bathe in the blood of the gladiator that she was cheating with. Owen and I gave each other the same look of like, man, this guy is probably like one of those, like, quote, sigmas, that is like, oh, well, my wife cheated. Nah. Invent new philosophy term. It, it couldn't have been me or her. We broke up. Nah. She broke up. No. Uh, uh, no, he was actually a great king. It was just like, he was a weird no, guy. No, he was a king. Yeah, he, he was a Roman, he was a Roman <laughs> He was like, my wife cheated on me. I'll kill the man. Keep, kill the man, bathe in her blood. Keep your head up. Keep your head up. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, uh, after, after hearing about classical stoicism it's classical stoicism sounds maybe not on paper but it, it seems very close to nihilism because it's, it's don't let things affect you okay so don't have happiness don't have sadness don't have anger don't have meaning don't have anything feel nothing feel nothing so yeah literally stoicism is like hey be on the grind be, be, be on the grind never stop, man like, never stops sigma's sigma's hey. just Rediscovered that, didn't they? No, literally. Yeah, that, that's why it's becoming so baby. popular Find recently. Your, like, stoicism is a classical was don't don't show anything. Yeah, no not so, happiness or anything. So like, uh, I mean, to them it tainted the logical thinking, and for them the higher good was to be logical at all times. And I, I don't fully agree with that. And the modern sto Stoics, I'd say really pick and choose so they're like oh don't let bad things make you sad or upset just keep on going keep on marching and be happy at all times yeah, they, no, they, that's not you're just that's just, a new term. Term. That's just yeah. optimism it was, that's it was just, basically it, 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 it is is <laughs> honestly and it, it's it, it's weird how it's kind of had this resurgence i mean it's better than just nihilism on the b-real because Nietzsche, he was, he talks about like how God is dead and that we killed God. And basically that's him just like saying, guys, we fucked up. <laughs> we, we killed God. God was like the meaning for everything. 
We, we fucked up. Now we're just all going to go into nihilism and society's going to die. He, he, he was spitting. He was, <laughs> no, no, he, he was, was spitting. spitting. He was spitting. What a shallow point of view. He, 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 he was actually worried about the death of God. I, I think, going back to what you were saying about the people trying to stay logical at all times, Yeah, I think when it comes to certain things, like I said, you live in moderation. You can't live one extreme or the other. You can't be all logical. You can't be all emotional. All emotional, it leads to so many wrong paths. All logical, it leads to so many wrong paths. Yeah, but in, there are certain scenarios in which logic should triumph over emotion and vice versa, you know? There's no, so, there's no, which is why I think stoicism and nihilism are they baseline faulty because yeah, no. nihilism, logically speaking, if you're like, if you're looking at the end result of life, it's like, oh yeah, we're all gonna die, and nihilism, nihilism is like, oh, we're gonna die. And here's the thing. And, but stoicism, it's the same thing. It's like, ah, oh, we die. I, I, I'm fine with dying any day. I'm just gonna live my life and not. <laughs> What things affect me too much. And here's the thing I think kind of affects this to a point, because there's the big difference between logic and emotions, and if you look actually back into the terms, there's a third one, which is ethics. Yeah. Which oh. is where the defining factor between what divides these is, is what is considered ethical in each of these situations. So like nihilism, it's everything, nothing matters, so you don't care about anyone except for yourself. It's just you have that complete dis- dis- disconnect from everything else. Not, not even that. Yeah. In nihilism, they don't even care about themselves. They're just yeah. like, in, in true egoism. nihilism, yes. Yeah, so. in true nihilism. So there's a form of philosophy called egoism, and I'm a big fan of egoism. So basically it's just be selfish at all times. Narcissus over here. No, 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 listen, listen. Be selfish at all times, only think of yourself. Now, what's the fastest route to your own happiness? But not only thinking of yourself, because that's... You, you can't find your own happiness only yep. thinking of yourself. The surest road to your own happiness is it's through the happiness of other... Yes, of other people. And, I mean, so you... Uh, <sighs> let me pose to you a different question, then. Yeah. So, if the whole sort of idea of finding happiness to other people, is it possible for you to live a successful life alone? Yes. That's... It's... No. Like, like well, without okay, hold on, hold on. Like, just Are, by do, yourself, do you mean... You said no. successful. You, you, you mean, mean not, not just like I'm not talking like monetary again. Like live a successful, fulfilling life. Like by the time, you, like, like the okay. time you die, you mm-hmm. feel well. Like you feel like you've completed your life. It, it, successful. Else. Why does it? Why does it matter if, if other people think you're not successful? If if, if so you if, feel successful, can you yourself truly feel successful? At the I end don't give of the a day, shit what other people are thinking about yes. my life or my success. If I feel successful and fulfilled at the end of my life, even though I was alone. I, I, I feel su- based on the prompt of that question and the wording, I feel successful and fulfilled. Obviously, I don't feel bad about it. I mean, other people can feel bad, but like, sounds like the property egoist. Sounds to me. like I'm living yeah. in your head rent free my whole life. I feel like, the, I feel like <laughs> the the answer changes depending on who gives the answer to that question. Because that is true. for me, like for Luke, what you just said, you know, it for him, it's well, why should I care about others? If I'm successful and I'm happy with my success, who cares? For me, it's I want to leave something. You know, I kind of want to leave a good impression. If I have family left over, son, child, maybe. Um, ah, but you were alone per the prompt. Oh, that's true. I mean, if I was alone, so you might not have a connection with. That means that you also don't have companionship of any form. Right, I can't. You are literally by yourself. Me, us humans, we're naturally. I couldn't handle that. I don't. Social creature. Yeah, Yeah, we're naturally social. I. I don't think I think loneliness is probably the worst thing you can feel. No, most definitely. I think it's worse than just like pain or loss. I think loneliness is yeah. It can make one go insane. Yeah, I mean there there's the people there's stories of people who lock themselves in like those. There's the the, the, uh, Vsauce when he. Three days. Yeah, it was three with days. With the plain white, white, white walls, why he had no interaction with people. Or light on twenty four seven. It's <laughs> something that has terrified me for the longest time is not being remembered. Like history remembers like point zero 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 one percent of people, mm-hmm. and sometimes I just be thinking like, not advocating for anything, but uh, 
at least Lee Harvey Oswald was remembered. Just saying. Still talking about him. Yeah, but list. there's also the thing of, there's also half the people on the planet that are like, well, Oswald didn't really do it. Yeah, but they still talk this about him. Still they, guys I, I suppose, yeah. Still talking about him. No. That's what terrifies me, just just not being remembered by history. So I'm like, don't, don't maybe, I, maybe I should run for president. Don't be surprised if he yeah. doesn't show up at your door tomorrow. <laughs> do, do, do. Yeah, let me let me submit my presidential bid for like 20 years from now. Abolish CIA, abolish FBI. <laughs> like, you'll disappear in the first week. All these things yeah, that literally. are going to get me like assassinated or something. Like, yeah, let me defund the CIA. Oh, man, his car crashed, oh, even though uh, he's he had never, never oh. gotten a ticket. Never gotten a ticket, never had any accidents, uh, but it's okay. No, no. Like, How convenient. His brake lines were cut. <laughs> the recent death of the president is now, is now considered JFK 2. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> Alright, let, let, let's just... Let's not. But yeah, not being, not being remembered is like... God, that's terrifying. I mean, it's... Maybe I'm just a narcissist that, deep that, down. Who knows? That, there's... there's th- you die three times, basically. One is when you actually die. Two is when your name is spoken for the last time. And three is when a picture of you or an image of you is gone, is, forever. Is gone forever. I I think the... Being remembered... I mean, I don't know if any of y'all... Do any of you know your great times for a grandfather or grandmother? That's what I'm saying. Now, Mexicans do because of Day of the Dead. Right. No. But they, they have... In a a standard American society, do any of you know your relatives five generations back? Real talk. uh, I think I can go four, but I can't go five. Willing willing to guess like half of them are named Liberty. Too many liberties on my side of the family. But that's just your family. But like, uh, hey, I I could count four most of them with one word. My my point point is like what you were saying. You remember four, you can't remember five. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's always a cutoff at some I can point. Go, I, I can go look for it. Yeah. You, there's always a cutoff, and you'll almost never think about it unless you have just some sort of like, oh, let me go to Ancestry.com. Yeah. But at some point, there's a there's a point in time where even if someone sees a photo of you, they'll be like, who? Who is that? There's no one to tell me about who this person was. They're all long gone. I don't know this person's name. It's like a picture of like, oh, this is Michael Jordan standing next to some random dude. Yeah. I mean, it's... (laughs) That's... Eventually, there's always just going to be that cutoff. It's it's just a picture. Yeah, Yeah, there's always that cutoff of remembrance in the world. And... Mm -hmm. I don't... No one remembers, like, aside from Plato, no one remembers, like, Socrates' other students or anything like that. No one remembers anything. No, not really. Yeah. It's... Everyone knows the super famous people that change the world or change society. No, or someone with a great title, like the president. <clears throat> people will, people can have presidents written down everywhere. They remember the yeah. dude who like, I don't rem- saved that philosopher's who's life. Who's the 14th president? <laughs> I don't know the 14th president. Uh, Lincoln was the 16th. Yeah, Lincoln was 16th. So if you, just, if you know your history, you could go back. Well, I, I, don't, Man, I don't fucking know my history, though. Ooh. I mean, so it's... There's all, there, Pull I guess it I, up. <laughs> Jamie. I'm gonna feel stupid. Franklin Pierce. Oh, <laughs> really? Who? See, <laughs> that's exactly what I was talking about. Oh, because he was in, he was in that, that like section when there wasn't really that much going on. He was yeah. in the, he was in the wall period, in which that's the yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. There it's, wasn't really any chill. wars. There wasn't really. I mean, that's just the nature of things. Yeah, you know. I don't. Everyone... Can't can name the president since World War Two. Um, Fuck. in order. Man, do we want to take time to do that? No, I, I, could, I could probably. I mean, like for example, another example. Everyone remembers Oppenheimer. Anyone that knows anything knows Oppenheimer. They all know Oppenheimer. No one knows his team of associates who helped him build the fucking thing. Yeah, that is true. That is very true. Unless you have your name stapled on something big that impacted the world or society in a in a crazy way, you'll be forgotten at some point. Even still, even if even we can change the world. Just not in a good way. <laughs> yes, you can. Not advocating hey, for anything. Yes, you can. You just oh. haven't. You don't think you're big enough. Oh, I'm thinking big enough, but it would get me arrested. <laughs> wrong, wrong, wrong. Would get me arrested. It involves IEDs. Hey, 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 hey! It involves nukes. 
Uh, look, like, look, three guys with a key can change the world. Hey! We're on a list. <laughs> I've been on a list. Yeah, yeah we've been on a list. I've been on a list for a we've long time. We've been on a list since like 2015, 2016. I've accepted it. I've been like ringing the lines. You've been on a list since you were like born. No, no. <laughs> hey, is that racially motivated, bigot? Uh. <laughs> no. Are you sure? Yes. <laughs> All right, next time before I look like a racist. Um, comedy. <laughs> where, where are we going? What's the... How about, okay, here's one that I posed to my little brother at home. Okay. What is the um, meaning of life? The what meaning of life is what you make it. The meaning of life is per the individual. Per a three-year-old, they replied with, trains, Peppa Pig. <laughs> In Dude, that exact order. This guy knows what he's He knows what's up. <laughs> Man... The meaning of life is per the individual's wants and their passions. Do you do you think we'll get any like new philosophers just straight up, or like do we have someone we just don't realize? Because well, like so you, oh, yeah, nowadays it's like the like, opposing like, opinion is so amplified. M- most philosophers aren't really well known until after their death. Well, I mean, there's like Mandela or like Gandhi. That's as close as I think of like actual like new ish. I mean, the philosophy, but not even really philosophers. Yeah, I don't I think, think they're philosophers. So, I think but they're just, just I, social activists. I think a lot of philosophers yeah. are well known because they introduced a thought that no one had considered before. Like, for example, uh, Nietzsche. Mm-hmm. He, with uh, nihilism. Yeah, he was as a, well. Or, or the God is dead thing, sorry. Yeah. He was, he ne- was, no, one, no one considered the fact that, or no one had thought about, well, we're the reason society's off. Mm-hmm. And so we killed God, and now God's now God's not here to help us, and now we're fucked. So no one considered that, and now he's remembered for eternity. So Schopenhauer, and so do the Buddhists say that life is just like suffering. That's all life is, and that both of them say that suffering should be minimized as much as possible, while Nietzsche says that suffering should be embraced. And used to propel oneself for self-overcoming, self-improvement at all times. Trying to overcome your faults, your weaknesses. And overall, just trying to be a better you and be more powerful. Well, you also have to remember that Buddhists, even though Buddhists do say life is suffering, they still advocate for the karma side of life. Where you should still try to do good things. No, yeah. Or to keep peace. To, to keep peace, to, to help they, others. They also talk about how, like, wanting uh, uh, dissatisfaction, which I think they call dukkha. Uh, dissatisfa- dissatisfaction is also, like, a big proponent of, because is, is a big proponent of our suffering. Our constant want and not actually... You know, we, we get that thing, and then we want more. We're like, well, we want more. And they say that's the root to all suffering. Yeah. I mean. Uh, not being content with what you have. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. There's Never also, being content. There's, that's another philosophy. There's, see, that, what both of y'all just said, two sides of the same coin. Because there's a lot of people out there that say, never be content with what you have. Because if you don't begin, because if you're always content with what you have, you never want to grow to do better. Right. That's there's that there's that dichotomy. It's it is a dichotomy. The Buddhists who are saying, "Well, appreciate what you do have and want not what you cannot attain," and then and there's the other people who say, "I appreciate what I have, but I want to go further. Yeah. I want to always strive for more." And there's, it's up to the person. To determine which side is more agreeable on that decision, I don't. I don't think either are more agreeable. I think well, on a personal level, a lot of people are going to be like, "Oh, pro- probably." Yeah. But uh, I mean, I think they're both just trying to reach for the same goal without. They're just going through different methods, honestly. Uh, I mean, Nietzsche's self improvement. The self-overcoming, I believe that's the actual what he uses. It could be also put to Buddhists. I mean, they're always self-improving and self-overcoming. It's just in a different way. 
yeah. it's in a different way. And the egoists sit there and talk about self-mastery, but self-mastery through, once again, not letting outside forces control you. But they, it's in a different way. Honestly, uh, the egoists say, like, hey, embrace emotions, embrace the outside world, but don't let it possess you. And they call the things that can possess you, the ideals and even the physical manifestations of them, uh, spooks. They call them spooks. And you shouldn't be controlled by spooks because they possess you. So you should embrace, let's say you get angry, you should embrace the anger, but don't let it control you. And All right, Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> but don't let it control you in your actions. Happiness. I mean, you should embrace it, but don't let it control you. Which is what Palpatine you, was getting at. You're a mind, but I you're also body. Uh, and something interesting. So the biggest... Uh, I'd say egoist was Max Sterner. And Max Sterner. Pull up his hairline. <laughs> oh, please, please don't do this to me. Uh, he, well, listen, we pulled he, up the other he, two? He, actually, the, he doesn't have a proper photo. But the reason why he's called Max Sterner is because when he was little, he had a nickname. And it was Sterner. That's a, Max Sterner isn't his actual name, but that was his nickname. Because Sterner in his language, <laughs> Sterner in his language means forehead, or Stern means forehead. So basically, oh, he had a so, lot of friends today. He had such a big forehead that his parents, his own parents, were like, "Yeah, you're Sterner now." Wow. And so, if <laughs> all y'all start calling me Sterner, what sort of? Sterner actually met uh, Karl Marx. He was in the same like talking thinking club as Marx. And uh, once Max released his book, he stopped going to the club. And Karl <laughs> Marx got so upset, he wrote a response to his book. That was like three, four times the size of Max Sterner's book. And it was just him like, no, you're wrong. Uh, communism is good. Because Max Sterner just said, no, communism bad, capitalism bad. All, all these different forms of stuff bad. You should only look for yourself. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Side, side note. <laughs> communism, it assumes that human nature just doesn't exist like we're selfish in nature yeah. and communism's like oh yeah i'm gonna abandon what i want to do in favor of what everyone else working in the coal mines or working at a power plant that uh doesn't cool off and then chernobyl happens communism is a ideology that possesses the mind a, a spook Co communism is an ideology yeah it, it is a it's a thought that on paper is pretty decent. Oh yeah, on but paper it in seems practice, good. it, it is, doesn't work. It falls apart. Oh my god, it's because, so awful. Yeah, human nature is a thing. I don't know how much more you could simplify. Like, so people with power are going to yeah. use power. People with ambitions don't want to be told what to do and exactly. not own things. And it just it, it doesn't work with human nature. Sorry to everyone who's like, but, but um, everyone's oh, equal. Um, all my Twitter friends said it was good. Shut yeah. up. It's the Shut same up. issue you have with democracy now, which as much as they, like democracy works great on paper, but when you really, when you realistically get it down into like practice, if you haven't told like seen from our history, eventually it gets to a point where you have a distinct split between upper and lower classes. And there is majority of decisions being made by those upper classes, and lower classes are left behind. Just Why? Because you believe the system that isn't for you. <laughs> I mean, in the Constitution, it literally encourages us to rise up. Yeah. Exactly. So that's not out of pocket. 
Yeah. It also said, or their final clause also intended to never have a two-party system. But look where we are now. Oh, uh, that's just because <laughs> how the voting system is. I mean, it's it's the illusion it, of choice. The, the, the voting <laughs> that too, but the voting system causes you to vote for one or the other because if you have more opponents, they subtract from mm-hmm. you, both parties. Man, uh, no. If if we had a I would say a ranked choice voting system. Honestly, that would work a lot better. It, you know, Alaska does. Maybe it'll catch on. Do, does it really? Yeah, I oh, told you this. Alaska has ranked choice voting. That's that's why Republicans win. Y'all remember? Y'all remember when Kanye ran for president? Oh, you mean? Hey, oh. hey who's that? Who's no, that? Who's, that's the year we don't talk about. Man, if he was elected, we do not condone anything that Kanye has said. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We Not don't. Balenciaga. We don't. But. <laughs> Don't add a butt after that. <laughs> do not is, we don't. We, we don't. We, we do, do not. not. Add, no, we do not. Don't say graduation. We do not. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. But he made graduation. <laughs> <laughs> I do not want to hear it. This has derailed. Yeah, it really has. It has. But I'm I mean, enjoying it. I am. Back on the back on the philosophy thing. What do y'all think about the prospect that everything that every person does is always selfish, or yeah. in some way to benefit you? Oh, that's not a bad thing. I I think that that's true. There's also, I'd say there's voluntary selfishness and involuntary selfishness. Involuntary selfishness is when you're possessed by these other things that you deem higher than yourself, but truly are not. Mm -hmm. And so you get controlled by them. And this is something that you always want to do. So like someone might be, Possessed by the idea of money. Oh, I, I, I want more money. I want more money. But, <laughs> shut, shut up. Luke. <laughs> but, <laughs> but they're, they're possessed the by the idea of money. While someone who isn't possessed by it goes, yeah, I could use more money. It's a useful tool, but I'm not going to let that control me in my decision making. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to always go shoot for money. To simplify, that, to simplify that down, I mean... It, almost everything you do is, is selfish, right? Oh, like I, yeah. I want to be a teacher. That's selfish, but that's not bad. Like I had to beat out other people to get accepted into the college, mm-hmm. into the program, because um, they did an interview. Side note: they did an interview to get into the teacher program at my college, and like everyone I talked to interviewed, like had had to dress up formal, go to the interview to get into the teacher program. I didn't. I they never interviewed me. I even emailed them. It was like. Hey, don't I have to do an interview? And they were like, "No, you're good." And I was like, uh, okay. "I don't know what the fuck I did, but um, future teacher over here." Uh, I want to board. I literally, I maybe fifteen people I've interacted with in my in my teaching courses that I've taken so far were all like, "Yeah, that that interview wasn't easy." I'm like, "Am I the only one that <laughs> didn't do it?" Because like, I understand that sentiment because oh. I have had that in mul- multiple places. Even like when I went to call, like started trying to get into college stuff, I never went to any interviews or any like onboarding things. I never went through any of those processes. Actually, with some jobs, I completely skipped the interview process and went straight from not being hired to being hired and working. So that's how I got my job. But like, I digress. I, it's it's still selfish. Like I, I wanted oh. to go to that college. I, I wanted to be a teacher. That that's selfish. Well, why don't I do something like be a, a trash man? They, they have a shortage. How, how selfish of me. How, why don't I go uh, be an engineer? How, how selfish of me. There's but such a STEM shortage right now. But if your Even. idea of being a teacher is inherently selfish, wouldn't you still be helping people by teaching them, though? Yeah, but the point is it's selfish because I want to do something not necessarily for the common good, but for else. me. But yeah. just because you want it just like, happens to be good. Even doing something for the common good, if that's truly what you want to do, that's you being selfish. I mean, It's I, just yeah. being selfish for the common good, I mean, because that's what you want to do. Donating to charity, if you, that's what you truly want to do, you're being selfish. I but mean, it's not bad. It's not bad. I mean, I want to work in the EMS and fire field. Right? Yeah. Is what I'm trying. Emergency services. How selfish of you. How how <laughs> how dare you? How piss <laughs> off of me. But at the same time, it's. I want to help people. Right, it's my whole fucking gig. Yeah. But living your entire life in the service of others, in like even outside of work, 
for us, like just dropping all of your plans to go help someone else with something, you're gonna you're gonna suffer for that. You, you have to personally. help yourself to help others. That's yeah. why when like yeah. the the masks come down with a when a plane is crashing, they tell you to put your mask on first and then mm -hmm. help someone else's. Because if you're unconscious, you can't help yeah, someone else. If you if you can't help yourself, how are you gonna help other people? Yeah. If I'm giving all my money to charity, that's awesome. Uh, but if, you're but if I have kids, yeah, they're starving now. Um, <laughs> so it, it's like give and, give and take. So what makes or classifies an act as being defined as good or bad? I was about to bring that up. Is there, I, a, is there a definite good? Uh, I, I think the definite good is voluntarily being selfish and being logical in your selfishness. Not being controlled by higher, higher things than you. Because you're truly the highest of all, I'd say. I think no matter what definition or answer we give, there's going to be, uh, well, what about this, or contradiction, there's or always exceptions. There's always, yeah, there's always, so there's always it's, something. It's like, it's if, no, you're, okay. if you're not possessed by anything, the, I say, wh whatever you do is fine. The, like, it's the good. The best in, answer, in your world view. The best answer is that... Individuality? No, the best answer is that good and evil is, is doesn't exist. Socially, is morality a construct that we have created in order as, to as make sense of things. Like we we said, murder's bad. Okay, but why? Um, but say for example, you're killing another killing person, <laughs> and we just we designated that as bad. Again, any answer you give is is not going to be an answer. A any answer you give is going to be contradicted by something else, mm -hmm. and you're going to have what about this insert excuse or exception, and blah blah. blah best answer for that is good and evil is what the collective morality of society deems as good and evil so owen if i were to say you're evil that's just me saying it it's not the whole world that doesn't mean you're evil you can do evil things like rob a bank that we've designated as bad or you can donate to charity that we've designated as good but I think any answer is, like, not the answer, to be honest. Yeah, because, I mean, you'll go to anywhere on the planet. And, like, in America, we all know our American values because we live here. But you go to certain countries in the Middle East where, for example, a lot of women don't have a lot of freedom. In our eyes, that's that's really bad. It's terrible. But in their eyes, it's just the way of life. It's, it's normal. It's just how things are. And, in like, in China, for example, boys are more important. I mean, we think that's really shitty. In China, they're like, all right, well, and that one China, the one child policy in China was so dumb. I think they got rid of it. Yeah, yeah no, they did. They got they, they got did. rid of it, and they were like, yeah, we have too many people. You can only have one child now. And then everyone was like aborting like female fetuses because they wanted a boy instead of a girl. And then they realized, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> That did not work out. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's also... I had this discussion in my high school philosophy class, I know. But it's... We were having this discussion about, like, what good and evil was. Or, like, how, who decides it, how do we define it. And I, I brought the example of... It's... For me, personally, I don't agree with terrorists. But to them... To... Like, if... To the terrorists themselves, they are the good guy. It's everyone's the, the main character. It's a, everyone's right. a hero of their own so story. It's, it's really hard to sit to sit down. It, actually, it's not even hard. It's impossible to sit down and say, "Oh well, I mean, he he blew up a bunch of people. He's bad." But to that guy, you know, whatever he was following, his leader or his his date, his deity, whatever he was doing. Well, why was he following the deity or leader? Well, because he thought that the leader or deity had good intentions and that he would be rewarded for doing good things. That's that's in his that's, eyes. That's what they show to them. That yeah. that's what's a good that's, thing. Th this it's, is why it's like, like it's like it's like the nature versus nurture argument. The kids who are grown up, the kids who are grew up in a house with a family that hugs them and loves them and you know raises them right, it's gonna turn out differently from a kid who grew up with. You know, a drunk dad who beats him, a, a mom who burns him with cigarettes or whatever, whatever. It's it's co two completely different scenarios, and it's going to have two completely different outcomes. It's 
it's what's taught to the individual and what values are instilled in them and what they and what they develop over the course of their lives when they start thinking for themselves. Mm-hmm. Nothing's set in stone and nothing's concrete. It's all individual. That's I think that's the crux of humanity as a whole. Everything is individual. There's no way to put a designation on anything. It's, I mean, unless y'all have a counter-argument for that, I, I, I think it's impossible. Well, individuality is a curse and a blessing to humanity. Yeah. I think that's what a lot of people nowadays uh, are searching for. They're like, but they go through different means by calling themselves this and that. They, they, they label themselves with all these sorts of labels when they don't realize what they're searching for is, hey, I am unique, and I'm, it's individuality. So, know? didn't we talk about labels? Or am I crazy? A little bit. We didn't get deep into it because we were going to save it for something else. <clears throat> you talked about but it first. Episode. I think a way oh, yeah. to like sort of simplify what you're saying is they're so hell-bent on the idea of finding individuality, they themselves categorize themselves and become less individual. Not you. Uh, well, I mean, partially that, but it's more of they don't, I don't think they realize that they're searching for individuality. And so they add all sorts of these labels and ideas upon themselves. Yes, but adding a label makes you less unique because that gives you an idea. So what I'm saying is by trying to become unique to trying to become your own person, like away from others, you are confining yourself into a box. Yes, yeah. most you definitely. Are, you are holding yourself back most, by not... Most definitely. It's, it's a, a problem. It's a problem nowadays, and it's causing a lot of strife in society. I mean, going back to the question of the meaning of life, when I said the meaning of life was up to the person, it's what they make of it, what they make of their own life. That's their, that's their life, it's their meaning. It's... It's that that that's the end of that. That's in the the individuality of humanity. Because life, life is literally why we're here. Like, don't ask why we're here. Whether it was God, whether it was evolution, life itself is why we're here. It's mm-hmm. it's just the way it is. Things things created us, whether it be evolutionary or you know yeah religious. And it's that's- life. Life is why we're here, and it's up to us to carve our own meaning, and thus individuality is formed. HBO Max, sponsor us. 